Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. So my guest this week on People First is the exceptionally talented Tian Shi, who is currently studying at Georgetown University, but is also the author of an exceptional book called Exceptionally Average Through Their Eyes. And I'm looking forward to learning more about the book, the research that you've done with entrepreneurs around the world and your leadership journey. But welcome to People First, Tian. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation. And as with ever, with my opening question, it's all about the leadership journeys that we are on, whether it's towards the beginning of our leadership journey as you are role modeling or midstream, as I would like to think for myself. So if you flash back to when you were at elementary school, just a wee lass and the teacher's going to you, Tian, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was your answer? When I was younger, I definitely loved the community aspect of school. So mentorships, having older friends, having younger friends who share my personal journey and professional journey. So when I was younger, I definitely want to be a kind of child doctor or pediologist because I love interacting with people. I love sciences. I love how people worked and being a doctor sounded cool to me. But um, as I discovered in high school and my first year as a biology major, I am very bad with needles, very bad with blood and very bad with dissections. So if you stuck me in the operation room, I will be the first one to faint. So that kind of took me off my pre-med track. And with my passion in education policy and business and my love for talking to people, I really discovered that maybe consulting was a way for me because by virtue of going to Georgetown, everyone is in investment banking or management consulting. And in the middle of a pandemic in 2020, staring on a screen for 10 hours, listening to the same people talk about the same things, it was not for me. So I had to pivot again and kind of understand myself, understand my values, understand what I want to do for myself. And that's how I came upon entrepreneurship, which is a place where I can marry my personal passions with my professional aspirations to create meaningful change with my career. So that's how I ended up here at a place that's very, very different to how I started. So it's interesting. This is one of the things that fascinates me about the United States of America, the, the university system here, because it, it seems like you have much more hybrid degree programs than I certainly recall from the UK, where you go and you study finance or you study mm -hmm. architecture. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what is it that you are studying now as you've gone through these pivots and decided, okay, I'm not going to be doing the gory end of doctoring. <laughs> So what is the, the course that you're following right now? Right now, I'm a biology major studying cognitive science and entrepreneurship. So I want to take my niche technical background in biology and apply it to the business end of entrepreneurship, maybe working at a startup, maybe working as an entrepreneur at a large med tech company focused on innovation. So it's more, t I use my, I want to use my technical background to benefit society and to bring my niche knowledge to help everyone. Okay, it's fascinating. And you've already started because I understand you invented a smart tattoo. Now, as a woman who's finally got tattoos, um, but not smart tattoos, tell me about that and what was it? What's the problem you were trying to solve and what was the solution that you created? I 
Going into my senior year of high school, I was fascinated with neuroscience because potentially that could be my major in college. I didn't know. So I went to a summer program in Chicago that was focused on neuroscience. It was basically a first year college course. And I understood the fundamentals of neuroscience, neurons, synapses, etc. But what really fascinated me was Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, because I knew from my grandparents, like my minimal interaction with my grandparents, that it's something that is very pervasive and affects a lot of our older populations. So that really stuck with me. And I went to a camp in Boston for a few weeks and it was more of an innovation camp. So a little did I know that I might be an entrepreneur one day, but 17 year old me was fascinated with Alzheimer's and I kind of backtracked the disease to dopamine because dopamine is something that we've heard about mm-hmm. in our middle school days in classes. Everyone needs dopamine to survive. But dopamine is the primary controller of our growth and our emotions. So too much dopamine would result in excessive energy. So for example, ADHD is caused by accessing dopamine. But on the other side of the coin, too little dopamine results in depression and other diseases. So there's usually that U bell-shaped curve where the perfect amount of dopamine is necessary for the survival and persistence of people. So I developed this bilayer tattoo that is modeled after an MIT iGen project that the first layer, the top layer, would sit on the top of your skin and the second layer would go into your bloodstream and detect for dopamine metabolites in your bloodstream because you really cannot detect for dopamine because mm-hmm. your brain wouldn't allow anything to enter and kind of mess with its functionings. And then the bottom layer would detect for the perfect range of dopamine and it would send like colors to the top layer where a red color would mean too little or too much and a green would would mean that there's sufficient dopamine in your body and you if there's too much dopamine in your body you can get rid of it by exercising or meditating and if there's too little dopamine you can supplement your diet with chocolate almonds or yogurt and that is just something i developed when I was maybe 17 years old that I haven't really put into the lab or tested any of the um, results, but it's something that I still have on my desktop that I look at day to day and just kind of see how I can develop this something, this invention without knowing organic chemistry, biochemistry, all of the hard sciences, but hopefully one day I can carry it out and see it in fruition. I love it. I love the big thinking. And I have confidence if it's still on your desktop, that you will get there. And it comes back to my book, Cultivate. And then it's not necessarily that you need to have the the understanding in organic chemistry. It's going to be finding that right connection. And then together you can transform the idea into maybe a practical solution. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. that makes me think is let's talk about your book then. And ironically, given everything that you've just shared, the title that you've chosen is Exceptionally Average. And already that is not two words that I would use to describe you. So tell me about the inspiration behind your book, Exceptionally Average Through Their Eyes. Definitely. So um, kind of going back to high school, I was never the one in front of the podium. I was the quiet girl who spent Friday nights and Saturday nights in her bedroom studying. But um, the transformation that I had undergone through high school was phenomenal because if you had told me as a freshman that I will be school president, the captain of the track team, the leader of the school newspaper yearbook, I would say, you're completely kidding me. Please don't tell these lies. But it was something that 
kind of I struggled with when I was younger because I would never get the awards, I would never get the recognition, but everyone knew me as an individual who has ambitions and who can stand for her own moral moral values. So exceptionally average comes from the fact that I have been exploring who I am as a person and how I can achieve great things by being inherently myself and not sticking to the traditional values of oh I have to be the one raising my hand or I have to be the one in front of the podium addressing everyone. So it's about understanding what makes us all uniquely us as individuals and being able to show up at that versus wearing the mask and pretending or trying to fit in elsewhere. And of course, you've you've lived globally. So can you think and share a, a story from your life about where you've either felt the need to fit in or where you have surprised yourself and others by being you? And fitting mm -hmm. out is how I'm going to describe it. <laughs> standing out. Let's go with standing out. Mm -hmm. Of course. So uh, my freshman year, we have these pre-orientation programs for freshmen, first-year students, to kind of show them the, the University of Georgetown and kind of how everyone fit in. And the program that I chose was Leadership and Beyond. And it was a very tight-knit program with 40 individuals, um, including mentors and mentees. And we go through a seven-day program of understanding ourselves, who we are, what we stand for and how each of us can be leaders in our own ways. And that process and that, that week-long program was incredibly, it still sticks with me. I still think about the times when I was sitting with my 40 peers looking under stars and telling our personal stories to, like our defining stories of who we are. And I discovered through that program that each of us are incredible. Each of us has our own stories and each of us has the potential to achieve great things. We all got to Georgetown in different ways and we bring so many ideas and thoughts and just all of us combined are so different, but we all are the same. We're all people. And that really made me realize that I don't really have to fit in because I'm not fitting into anything. I have to fit in as a person and I have to develop my own relationships and cultivate myself so I can be the best, so I can best help others. Uh, that is just so inspiring to hear you say that. And at such uh, a critical point in your career, because I can tell you, being a few years ahead on that journey, the imposter syndrome that plagues all of us at different times mm -hmm. can be debilitating or cause us to run below the radar versus stand up and shine. So I love the fact that you are embracing that uniqueness in you, because that just means as you continue to build on it so much that you're going to be able to achieve. So tell me about the book then, the research that you've done and the interviews that you've conducted to put together the insights in Exceptionally Average Through Their Eyes. So I started off with my book writing process in um, late May, early June. I kind of went through the ideation phase, which I spoke about on how I can develop a book based on exceptionally average, based on my own experiences and my desire to explore a future career in entrepreneurship. So. I would spend my mornings interviewing the possible people for my book. I'll spend the afternoons writing up a transcript and writing their stories into a story that will fit into my book. And I spent the nights um, just kind of scouring the internet, looking at entrepreneurs who may fit the criteria of coming from unconventional backgrounds, achieving great things. So that process lasted three months from the beginning of quarantine to end of quarantine, where I um, started my school year. And then in September, three months after I started the book writing process, I had my initial manuscript finished. And that was when I started on the initial editing phase. And then in October, I started the marketing phase where I filmed my video, my promotional video, and I started my pre-sale campaign 
brain and just kind of establishing my beta reader audience and an audience who may be interested in writing my book. And then in November, I started reaching back out to everyone who I've interviewed and kind of sharing the stories and sharing the insights that I found. And I discovered that I was tackling too much. When somebody asked me the question, what is your book about? I paused, listed out five different things. Okay. Heard myself and I thought I need to narrow the scope down. All right. So I'm going to stop you then. So tell me, what's your book about? And if I'm, when I read it, or when we all read it, because it's coming out soon, what are we going to take away from it? So tell us about what the book's about. Exceptionally Average is about how we can combine our personal passions with our professional aspirations to create meaningful careers through innovation. So being an entrepreneur doesn't mean being someone who it's about being someone who's different and being someone who stands for their own beliefs, follows their passions and follows what they find most meaningful and they can create change by being intrinsically themselves. So you, you mentioned earlier um, something about, un- was it unusual backgrounds? Unconventional so, backgrounds, yes. So tell, tell me more about what you mean by that. And then share a couple of nuggets, a couple of the interviews that really stand out for you. Who were they and what were their stories? So tell us about the, the unusual background. Of course. So entrepreneurship, when I was younger, I always thought, oh, it's about Elon Musk and it's about Bill Gates, where you can hit the jackpot and make a billion dollars in your first year and become worldwide, world renowned, all of that. But these men doesn't capture the spectrum or diversity or the capabilities mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs in our everyday lives because an entrepreneur may mean a mom and pop shop down the street where you get your groceries or maybe your uncle who has his own company. So I want to capture the diversity and the ability that anyone could be an entrepreneur. So I looked at individuals who were not really born into money, um, minority groups and people who had many difficulties when becoming or building their own brands. So people who are women, people of color, uh, minorities, immigrants, high school dropouts and college dropouts. So individuals within the larger society who doesn't have that societal definition of, oh, they're going to be successful. And I kind of capture their stories in my book to ensure that anyone can be a leader and anyone can be an entrepreneur and have somebody that my readers can relate to. So I love that because that brings the title alive. What you're talking about here is that through biases, through just lack of knowledge, it's the people that others might glance at and assume are exceptionally average or are not going to amount to much. But in reality is because they've stepped into their own truth, they found their passion, their talent, they've exceeded everybody's expectations and, and demonstrated success in different ways. So that's wonderful. So tell us about a couple of the interviews, the characters that you met and the stories that they mm-hmm. shared. It, my, this whole book writing process really opened so many doors to me and gave me the ability to talk to some really incredible people. So my the interview, like one of my first interviews was with a recent Georgetown grad. He comes from um, DC. He his father was shot dead when he was nine years old. He became homeless with his single mother at 11, and he managed to get a full scholarship to Georgetown University, mm-hmm. but he was battling depression. He was battling trauma associated with his father's death. He was battling anxiety, but he found that the best way to find himself 
was to lose himself in the service of others. So in his senior year of college, after being suspended for some incidents early on, he founded a company that is helping to lift 500 families out of poverty in DC. And he's very recently elected in the Forbes 30 under 30 um, class, entrepreneurs class uh, for social impact this year. So he has truly embodied being a social entrepreneur and using his personal experiences to give back to the people who have helped him become the person that he is today. Mm-hmm. And then another person, I'm not necessarily interviewed, but researched and kind of gleaned his story. His name is Sharik Frimpong. He was born in Ghana and he comes from a family where nobody graduated high school. So one day he was out playing the river with his friends, running away from school, and he caught a very infectious disease. And he has to be taken to the hospital or he would lose both of his legs. So in order to pay for transportation to the hospital, the closest hospital, which was five hours away by truck, his father and mother forfeited their entire cocoa farm for a week to pay for a truck to take him to the hospital. And by a stroke of luck, he was able to keep both of his legs and sitting there in the hospital room, looking at the ceiling, he realized that my parents should not have be trapped in this cycle of poverty Mm -hmm. in Ghana, where the cocoa industry is billions of dollars he vowed to himself that he would help as many people as he can escape the situation from a village that's trapped in poverty and a village with no healthcare system. So he returned home, um, worked as hard as he could and got a full scholarship to the University of Pennsylvania where he studied um, environmental science, architecture, and um, I think it was biology. And he returned back to his rural village in Ghana to create the first farm for profit organization with a local hospital so that farmers, cocoa farmers in Ghana are able to reap the benefits of the cocoa farms without having all of their profits being taken away by large corporations that run the industry, which is around $2 billion in the country. So that's another story that I kind of discovered in my book. And it really shows how he used his passions, he used experiences, and how he brought back his intellect and ambition and talent back to his home community to benefit as many people as he could. Wonderful. So how has the research and the writing process impacted you? What are you taking away from this? Well, by virtue of writing this in the middle of a pandemic, I was kind of struggling with my own uncertainties, but seeing how these incredible people can achieve such great things was truly inspirational for me because um, a few months ago, I did find myself kind of escaping my day-to-day realities of, oh, am I going to see my friends? Is like, am I never going to see my international friends again? The the whole culture of just escaping my mental anxiety by just focusing on a certain project so it really showed me how my ambition and determination can lead to such a great project that can benefit so many people but it also showed me the incredible people that incredible things that people are doing and it motivates me to do better and to kind of push myself so I can achieve my full potential. So Tian thank you so much for sharing your journey and a little bit more about the book where can people learn more about you and obviously get their hands on the book? Of course. So I have a website called Exceptionally Average that I'll be sending over to Mark. And I have a pre-sale campaign that I can also send where you can pre-order a copy of my book and kind of help me in this publishing process. And you will gain early access to my manuscript and be mentioned in the acknowledgement section of my book. 
Okay, well, I wish you every continued success. We'll make sure all of that information is in the show notes. And I look forward to continuing to follow your leadership journey. Thank you, Tian. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.